G'day! Welcome to On Minis Games. Hello and welcome to On Miniatures Games. My name's Charles Pritchard and with me on the microphone is... Quentin Sung. And we realise it's been a little while since we've recorded last. In fact, we were going over the dates of the recordings earlier and what was it? Uh, June? July. Uh, July. July last July. year. Yeah, a little so bit of time. We, um, yeah, we're very, very sorry about that. We have had a remarkable amount of things happen in the meantime. For a period of time, we couldn't get the feed to work for On Minis Games, but if you go to the Inverse Genius website, you can find the link to the show there, and the feed there now works. Hooray! So that's uh, that's something. Um, but we've also had lots going on in our personal lives, so I've moved house and... Just a little move. Yeah, so there's lots, there's been lots, um, there's lots happening. So we just haven't been able to get back to the microphone, I'm afraid. But here we are, and uh, we're ready to record episode three tonight. And, and since it's been such a long time, rather than jump in and sort of review a game or or talk about you know specific miniatures games in depth, we're going to do a hobby update and talk a little bit about some of the things that we've been playing, painting, collecting, and building. So that's going to be the focus of uh, this episode. Um, so, Quentin, what have we been doing hobby-wise? Let's start off with with some of the things we've been playing. Well, way back when, so July last year, I think we we were working our way up to start a slow grow for Infinity, which was a big event for the club we're at. Yep. Um, I think we got a fair few people involved with that, about 10 all up at one point, I think it was. 10 or 12, yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. The um, For those people who aren't aware, Infinity is a science fiction skirmish level game um, published by Corvus Belli. It's a, it's a wonderful game um, where each player runs a small team of models, probably anywhere in the region of sort of 8 to 15 models on the board yeah. for a player. Um, usually it's, it's a lot of fun with sort of dense terrain. It's a brutal game. There's lots and lots of little effects that can take place. Um, it's detailed, it's cinematic, it's a story-laden experience, um, and it doesn't take too long to play. No, it's usually pretty quick. I think um, the thing, it's a very interesting game that you're always active in it, you're always involved. Um, Even when it's not your turn. Yeah, you have to be have to be aware of what's going on and, and what your opponent's doing because you can react to his actions, which I, makes it very interesting. I taught this game to my brother... Um, and I was telling him, you know, look, it's a real, it's a game where you're watching even when it's not your turn and you're really involved when it's not your turn. And I killed his guys on his turn and he killed my guys on my turn. It was just, you know, moving into that opportunity fire. Yep. I'm, I'm rolling three dice. He's rolling one, you know, as his, as his, um, reacting to re- your, yeah. reactive fire. And just like he's, he's, <laughs> he's rolling the big numbers on my turn or the right numbers on my turn. I'm rolling the right numbers on his turn. It was all about the reactive fire in that game. It was hilarious, but it was very much. You know what? What it makes you do is it makes you when you're moving your guys around, you're really thinking about cover, yep. and you're really thinking about you know even just you know dashing out you know across a, a very narrow alleyway. If there's someone down the other end of the alleyway, it can be deadly. Yes, it can. So and you know just having that awareness, you've got to be yeah, you've got to be planning your moves very very carefully. Um, 
and make sure you know what they're going to be running themselves into. Um, cover's so important in that game. and it just It's one of those games that there's a lot of micromanagement, but it's because you're running a small f- amount of models, it's not too bad. Um, it, it was a really enjoyable game. So we... I think we're all sort of gearing up towards that. Um, so the slow, let, let's go into it. What, what is the slow growth for those people who aren't aware? So we, we go down to the local club of a Monday evening. There's usually, what, between sort of five and ten guys yeah. come in. Um, when we were running the slow go, grow, it was up to about, you know, 12, 12 13, yeah. 14 people at, so diff- at different stages. Um, so what is a slow grow and, and what's the objective of it? What did what did we do in our case? So I think the idea was to get people involved in a, newer ga- or a new game. I think a few of us at the club played it. And, and a few we were, people were interested in playing yeah, it. Mm. And we thought, well, a good, a good way to get people involved in the game, because a lot of games cost a bit of money, is, is what we call slow grow, where you start out a week or every fortnight and you you start out with a small force and a limit maybe a limited set of rules and introduce people to the rules and then as you go on with the weeks and fortnights you slowly increase the size of the force increase more complex rules if the system allows for it until you eventually get to the standard size battle and the last and then, few games yeah. in that slow grow campaign are playing with the full rules yep. at the typical point size you'd expect of that game. Yep. So um, so with our slow grow, the, the normal Infinity game is about 300 points. Yes, yeah. And uh, we started off with a 100-point force. Yeah, we did. Um, and then a fortnight later it was 150 points. Yep. And then I think it was 200 points yep. and then 250, 250 and then 300. And then you we had a second week at 300. We did have a second yeah. week at 300, yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then there, there were different scenarios that we were playing yeah. in each of those, um, a different set of scenarios for each week and different yep. rules got introduced at different points. Yep. And there were also some points that people could get for yep. painting models, you know, over those fortnights so as I think well. Part of the slow grow is a bit of a competitive thing. Um, it's, it's friendly. You know, we had, I think, well, between some, some of us, not so much. <laughs> but at the end of it, I think we had little prizes that the club put together because we had so many people coming in. Mm. The club got a bit of a boost out of it. So I think people got an infinity mug, the ones they sell on Corvus Belli sells on their websites, the, for the people who won prizes. Mm. So there's a little bit of an incentive to A, win battles and be competitive, and also for painting and. Often we'll find, the idea was to give open it up to a lot of people. Some people aren't as good at gaming, but they're good painters. Hmm. So it gave people options to to get an access to a prize if they yeah. were dedicated painters and participate. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody walked away from that um, talking about how it was a fantastic way to be introduced into a game. Yes. You no, know, because Infinity is one of those games that can be quite layered. Yep. Um, there can be a lot of small effects mm, that definitely. can have an impact on the game. And if you're not prepared for that, it can come across as unexpected. Yep. Um, so, you know, everybody went into it knowing that we were, it was going to be a learning experience. Yeah. That was the objective of it. And I, everyone I spoke to talked about how fantastic a process it was to get them to, to learn the rules, to yep. paint their miniatures, to collect their forces. Um, and it was a great way to see Infinity get played regularly down at, yeah. down at the club. Oh, I think um, everyone enjoyed it. I think part of it was the idea that it was very much a learning experience for a lot of people. And so everybody approached it with a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and the comp- competitive side was fun. So nobody got too upset if they lost. Nobody got too upset if they won. Um, we had some pretty pretty amazing and lucky rolls at some points yeah. and some, some, some things that probably statistically incredibly rare, but everyone enjoyed it and had fun and laughed it off. And 
I think that's one of the key things about the slow grow was to try and make it a fun experience for people so that they enjoy learning the game and mm. then rather than making it, you know, sometimes I think we find when we're teaching people new games, they we forget they're a learner. Yeah. And we tend to be a bit hard and well, I think, and harsh. you know, and that's that, and uh, you know, um, that's one of the things that I think is really important if you are in the role of teaching a game is that you have to come into come into the experience understanding that you are in the role of a teacher, not trying yes. to win the game. Exactly. Um, you know, that that's it's a very easy way to have someone turn up to the club once and then not come back. Very true. You know, or, or want to want to join in on a game and then turn around and say, you know what, this isn't for me. And it's not the game, it's not the club, it's the experience of, of having someone yeah. trounce them when they've got that unfair advantage of knowing the rules or, you know, better yeah. or, you know, you, you really do, if you're te- in the role of teaching a game, have to make sure that you're being accommodating of the person's um, so. learning experience. You don't have to let them win, but you need to... Be understanding and be, or you say, accommodating. Mm. Allow them to take that move back. Give them advice. Give yeah. them what you think is the best way to move that model or, or make that do that action. Yeah, um, it's a really important part because you're not you're willing to get more people into the game in three or four weeks or six months, whenever they're au fait with the with the game. Then you can go. Let's have a really serious game. Let's see who's a better general and yeah. smash each other apart. Chips are down. Right. Yeah. That's it. But when someone comes in to learn. And, and this is why I think the slow grow is really good because it just builds up slowly. The mm. pressure builds up slowly. They get to learn the game bit by bit. It really does introduce people nice and gently into the game. Yeah. And it means that they have fun doing it. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was was a really good experience. Anyway, I'd certainly recommend if anyone's interested in um, introducing a new game to the, the club with something like Infinity, I'm sure you could do it equally as well with many other games. Oh, I think it can work with any game. Yeah. I know that certain games, um, War Machine and Hordes have their own system. It's mm-hmm. called a Journeyman League. And you could do it with any game system, really. I think it would work quite well. Just yeah. slowly increase the points, introduce new rules, and get people involved. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic way to do it. Yep, it's a a friendly and accommodating way to do it. It brings in the gameplay, the rules, learning experience. It brings in the painting, all of those aspects yeah. of the hobby that that we love. So, no, it's good. Um, so what else have we been playing? We've been, we, you know, we, we it, the Infinity Slow Grow was fantastic. One of the other things that we were playing around that time, if I throw my mind, my my shattered mind back to that distant point in distant, history. Are you sure you want to remember this, I, this these games? <laughs> no, sure? the, no, these games weren't a positive experience. Uh, oh, no, let me, let me, let me be fair. The games were fun. I had a lot of fun. They were fun games. However, I did atrociously uh, at them. We're talking about a game called Ducks Britanniarum by uh, a game company called Two Fat Lardies. Um, you can buy the buy the game as a PDF. You can buy it as a rule book. It's well worth getting into if you're into the Dark Ages at all because it's a campaign game um, as much as it is a, a tabletop, let's set the miniatures up and play a game game. It's And it's it is. It's one of those games where it's uh, the rules are robust but simple, mm. and it's so much fun. Yeah, um, I've it's one of the, in a long time I've enjoyed a game so as much as I enjoyed Ducks Britanniarum. Yeah, um, it, it's every game's a story. Like yeah, you know, and, yep. and you know, we walk we walked away from almost every game we've played and said this is this would have been the best game to write a blog about. Yes, very you know, much so. Because every game is that story, you know. Like, you know, I think one game, you know, my uh, my 
Um, Saxon leaders arrived with their force. They charged across the English countryside, marauding for, you know, looking for treasure in the in in various or, or you know Hobbles trying to pillage huts. pillage these huts. And then lo and behold, the Celtic Romans sort of yep. turned up right next door to them. Yeah, hello. They, oh, it was just. Uh, oh. And then you couldn't roll to save yourself. Oh, and then they, they lost their nerve and and fled the field. There's one thing I could do, and that was roll to run away and to run in and to run in. You the, arrive the running, quickly I was fine. And leave quickly. The, the combat, I wasn't so good. <laughs> no. Oh, so but it was a lot of it. It just is. It's just one of those games that's because it's the rule sets. Well, I say simple. It's still robust. Mm. And you, you in the game, you roll up your characters and you have leaders, and it's very much a game about leaders. It is. Well, in the game. You don't activate a unit of miniatures or a a, a, a um, particular squad. miniature or a squad or whatever it might be. You activate your leaders and your yep. leaders activate the units. So you've got that, you know, when, when you use your leader, you, you're, you're, you're hoping your leader's in a position to have guys around yeah. him that he can then shout the orders to. And it's very much important about where you position your leaders and who they're with and what formations they're in. Um, but the, the good thing I like about it, and I... I don't know, maybe it's me harkening back to my old days about campaign systems and becoming attached to models. And Yeah. Um, I love the idea of having an ongoing narrative or story, even if it's really basic that this guy fought that guy, but getting attached to you guys, you feel like you're more involved in it, you get that narrative style, you, you can write a blog about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're just more enjoyable, those games, I'm finding lately. Yeah, I'm... I'm it's great. Yeah, I, I, uh, it, it's a game, actually, we haven't played in a little while. No. Well, we haven't played a lot in a little while. It's over the over the yeah. last couple of months because of the move and whatnot. But um, it's it's a game I desperately want to get back to the table because it is just so much fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ducks Britannia Arms, well worth checking out. Um, uh, normally, I think, you know, the, the, the miniatures in the rule book and, and a lot of the miniatures you see online are, are 28 mil scale. Yeah. I think in retrospect, given that we enjoy the game so much, we we probably would have gone with twenty eight mil. Yeah. Um. But you know, in this for the sake of um, buying two full arm or probably five full armies, let's be honest, well, we're buying a full army each. Yeah, true. Uh, for for sort of less than forty dollars, we decided to go with ten mil, or I decided to go yeah. with ten mil and scale everything down. Yeah. Um, it and well, it, works, it works well. Works fine. Yeah. But um. It, yeah, I, I can see the appeal of playing it in twenty eight mil with the bigger models and you know the more well, detail. It's a small and, force. It's it's not a huge. I mean, you're probably at what, a company 40, size 40 sort of miniatures game, on the yeah. table. Yeah, it's not a it's not a a, a big battalion sized game. Mm. So it's a small force. Yeah, forty models miniatures each, roughly, um, which is not a huge amount. Um, no. so it's not terribly expensive if you want to get in twenty eight mil. Especially because a lot of these a lot of the you know, the, the Saxons and the, the um Romano British and things like that are available in plastics anyway. Yeah, they are. Um and there's the number of companies that make them there's there's one company that is specific to they make them for the gripping based, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so for for specific for uh Ducks Britanniarum. But there's heaps of other and things like um the forces oh, I'm trying to think of the game now. Oh, there's another one that um, there's another game that's uh, sorry, saga saga. Mm. They 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 port across quite well as well. So yeah. There's lots of models out well, there. Gripping Beast uh, do so that's so they publish saga as yep. well, and they do packs I think to suit Ducks Britanniarum yep. also with their miniatures. Oh, on. there you go. Yep. Yeah. Then the, yeah, and twenty-eight mil would be fun. Yeah, it would. Yeah, and um, look, but but I've really it's a game I've really yeah it's just been a blast. It's fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. Although I have just I my guy is just the worst raider in Saxon history. He is. 
Yeah, he's terrible. Uh, I don't think he hasn't succeeded in a raid yet. No, I, and look, I sat the miniature in front of the in front of the TV. I put on an episode of Vikings. <laughs> I said, "This is Ragnar Lothbrok. Learn from this man." <laughs> nothing, nothing. No joy. No joy. No joy. He uh, he is just not terrible. We, we sat down and watched Arthur. Um, <laughs> not not Arthur Christmas. Uh, no, 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 no. The really bad one with 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 Kira Knightley. The the really, oh, really no, bad one. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. the one. Yeah. So hopefully he'll perform worse next time. All right. Yeah, that, that that would be good. I'd yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. He's had, he had a terrible role model. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully he performs worse. Uh, no, but it it is a very fun game, and and it really is. It's all about the story. Uh, I think the last scenario we played was a cattle raid, and yeah. my guys were trying to sort of usher this group of cattle from one side of the board to the other yep. and you turned up mega right there early 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 and um and my guys valiantly tried to hold you off to no avail no uh it was it, it, it was just you know up again, and, um, it? and again my i could not move those cattle no. those cattle just wouldn't move for me but when you ran away you ran away well again <laughs> i left those cattle behind in the dust it was, uh, it, but again, it was all about the, you know, yeah. it was all about the story. You could see that game could play out very differently, you know, on another day. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, Ducks Britannia are well worth checking out. So that's what we've been playing. What about in terms of uh, of getting paint onto models? What have you been painting lately? Well, I think... Um, or, or what were you painting around that time? Around that time, I had a very, very successful stint where I actually painted a lot. Mm. And it was for the slow grow. Um, I uh, started a new Infinity Faction because I, you know... Do that? Yeah, because why not? Because 10 factions isn't enough. I don't have 10. <laughs> I have three. Oh, my apologies. Three. Um, so I started a Morad Aggression Force and um, I actually got paint on a lot of models. I you think did, I've yeah. painted probably 80% of the models I have, which is huge for me. I yeah. normally don't paint that much. No, normally normally for both of us, our it's, models are, yeah, are that lovely, pristine. Pristine, sort of... Untouched. Still, still in wrap. <laughs> middle shade. Still in their box. Maybe some undercoat. <laughs> Maybe undercoat. Occasionally. Occasionally. So, yeah, I managed to get quite a lot done, um, which I was quite excited about. I got into the rhythm of it and, and worked out my... I got a new airbrush. Mm. Uh, lucky me for my birthday which was quite expensive, the airbrush, and might have ended up with two of them, incidentally, accidentally. By accident, yeah. By accident with... That's what happens of- when you, your wife looks at your wish list and goes, oh, I'll do the right thing, I'll order something <laughs> off his wish list, and then Quentin says, you know, I don't think my wife's going to get me that. I might order that for I'll myself. i anyway. <laughs> so two of the very expensive airbrushes. If anyone would like one, a very good airbrush, I have one for sale. Oh, um, perfect. But yes, I managed to um, use that one quite well and, and got my, the feel of it. Um, so a lot of it was done airbrushed mm. um, and then details with hand, by hand and I got I was very happy with how they turned out. Yeah, they turned out really nicely. You did a good job with those yeah. and the the, um, the the edge highlighting you did on those was yeah. really nice too. Yeah, we might put some photos up on um, up oh, on really? the website. Yeah. Okay. Well, why not? All right. Um, oh, they look good. Then, how about yourself? <laughs> uh, does undercoat count? You got some ducks done though. Got some of your, your models for Ducks Britannia. Oh, not not many. I I, I did make some um, some fences. Yeah. For for Ducks Britannia yeah. and put together some buildings. Yeah. Um. But I I just I th- I remember that period. I was I was quite busy and it was around that time Mum passed away as well. Yeah. So I was away quite a lot and um I I didn't get. Yeah, and it pretty much, you know, it's pretty my modus operandi is not getting a lot of paint on models. Let's be honest. Well, no that. 
That's not well, entirely true. I mean, there are periods of productivity. There are. There are. And but those, period, those periods can be quite productive. They can, yeah. yes. Um, but, yeah, no, this wasn't one of them. I, I didn't get a lot of um, paint on, on, on any models, but I, I did undercoat. I put together... All my Infinity Force. You did. Uh, and it's quite, it's a, quite few a few Quite a few Yujing models and yeah. lovely models they are, I might add. Um, and some Hackerslam as well. Yeah. You got um, quite a lot assembled. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Um, With but Infinity, that's a, that's a big achievement too. Oh, yeah. How fitly those models are. Models are. I was thinking about using a word there, but I probably <laughs> public feed. Those. Yeah. Models. Yep. Yeah, no, so I did get a lot assembled, and, and, I, and I did undercoat uh, a few, but I, I didn't manage to get much paint on them, unfortunately. But hopefully this year um, that's something I manage, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, not a lot in terms of painting for me. Um, so the next thing we've got on the docket is um, is buildings, it's scenery. Um, I, I think I mentioned already I did some sort of, of the the sort of um, dark age Thatch fencing, or you know, the, yeah, the, they turned the, out really nice. Yeah, they turned like out really the well. Wicker weave, yeah, the yeah. wicker weave ones. So, so I did, um, you know, just like a, a, an icy pole stick or a popsicle stick um, with some toothpicks in it that were cut off at a certain level, and then some um, some thin twine, yep. you know, woven around them, um, sprayed, and then painted. They come out. I, I think they come out really, they came really, out really nice. nice. Yeah, yeah they're all right. they're really good. Um, so I made a bunch of that. For to use with Dux Britanniarum and put together some um, 15 mil scale houses, hovels for the Dark Age again. Yeah. Um, made nice. by Foreground. They're um, nice. Oh, they're they beautiful. Nice. Foreground terrain make uh, the buildings they make are just phenomenal. They are. Um, and those little 15 mil Dark Age ones are so easy to put together. Yep. Um, it's they're, they're they're brilliant. So well worth checking out foreground. But yeah, so that that was about me in terms of scenery. What about you? You had a busy time around the slow grow. Yeah, I think I, I my infinity table sort of grew a little bit. I I had most of the main buildings together that I got from a company called Shark Mounted Lasers, mm-hmm. which sounds really impressive. That's um, a fantastic name. It is an awesome name. Um, over in the US, um, they had a deal going where it was free shipping, and I think it worked out to be about two hundred dollars for this full table of buildings that were quite easy to put together. So I, I got them and, and then I was just um, acquiring more and more pieces of scattered terrain to put <laughs> together around this this table. So in the end, it ended up spending a small fortune on this infinity table. Looks good. It does and it's getting painted at the moment. But, yeah, you know, it's slowly. Slowly. Um, yeah, that was the buildings that I was assembling. I was, there was a little bit of swearing with the MDF and the uh, PVA glue, which yes. just ends up everywhere. Yes. Um, and, and it's particularly troublesome if um, not not it is the case with, with um, the shark-mounted lasers stuff, but some of the foreground stuff is pre-painted. Yeah. And so if um, if you get PVA on your fingers and things like that, oh, assembling those, you don't want to get smudges and oh, dirt marks terrible. and so forth. Um, especially because there's laser cutting and you've got the charcoal marks around yep. where the, the lasers cut the MDF. So, yeah, that that's, uh, that can be annoying. It can be a bit. Yeah. You want to wear those silicon gloves, but you're just going to end up with the same problem yeah, anyway. Yeah, you still get it everywhere. And just, you end up with glove glued to the building as well. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, at least with fingers you can sort of peel it off. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. fine. It's all good. No, I don't need those fingerprints anyway. No, it's fine. It's um, actually probably handy. No. <laughs> that's right. Don't tell them that. 
so yeah, so no, the tables, the tables look really good. And again, I think we're going to have to find a place where we can put up some photos of some of the yeah, things we're talking about, definitely. whether it's on the Inverse Genius Facebook page or um, we've got the um, On Miniatures Games Guild on Board Game Geek. Yeah, we might we put some photos up there. Um, we might even um, start a blog and, and yeah, just, just put, it, the... put the photos related to the episodes yep. up on that. Might be the go. We can do that. Um, all right, so so that was that. Now let's turn to the uh, the Achilles heel of all gamers in terms of what were we buying around that time? What were we collecting? Well, where do we begin? <laughs> well, well, mine was a more at aggression force and a uh, another. I can't remember the name. Sectorial now. Um, an Onyx contact force. Onyx, yeah, yeah. For um, for infinity. So all up. Uh, lots of infinity. Lots of infinity for me that half of it I've never actually used, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, we, we cope. Yeah, just lots of infinity at that time, I think I it think was. I think I was buying a lot of infinity as well. I bought some, some Eugene stuff. Um, I got the Red Veil starter set, yeah. which included some Eugene models and some Hackerslam models. Yeah. And... Obviously, some buildings and things for Ducks Britanniarum yep. were pretty much it. And it was around that time, too, I think, that the Heavy Gear Blitz Kickstarter yeah, landed. Yeah. Um, so we acquired those models very – Oh, yes. Just a few. Yeah, they were, they were very nice. But maybe we'll talk about that – sorry, more detail um, another, another time. Another post, another, maybe. Yeah. But we did acquire those. Uh, and, and very nice they are, too. They are very nice. Um, so, yeah, so it was pretty much that. I think toward the end of that period too, we were sort of winding up the slow ground. We we're looking at the next game. We were, yeah. We were going to be running at the club. We were tossing up between between Necromunda, between Mordheim, oh, Dystopian Wars yeah. was the other possibility in there. I think yeah, we were um, we were sort of. I think everyone enjoyed the idea of the slow grow and mm. the campaign ish system and something that where your forces are ongoing and you can get attached to them. So. Mm. We In the a- end, we sort of were tossing up. It's really between Mordheim and Necromunda. Yeah, we ended up put it to a vote. I think it was, and I think we ended up with Mordheim, just, just because edging it was out. Yeah, yeah. We think, we think people had more fantasy stuff readily available. Like, yeah, it came down to a bit of cost, which is and fair it's, enough. it's probably easier to put together a fantasy yeah. faction for Mordheim than it is to put together a Necromunda gang if you want the models to sort of yeah. look, you know, right, authentic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and a lot of a lot of people had you know D and D models yep. or or whatever else lying around the place, so they could they could throw a force on the table pretty easily. Yep. So we were getting things ready for that. Yep. I think around that time as well. Yeah, yeah, getting that all planned out and sorting out some factions and getting people au fait with it, and that was towards the end of that 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 period, which was ending up around October. Yeah, about October, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it might have been, might have even been um, middle to end of September, October. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so. But uh, we might save discussion of Mordheim and Heavy Gear for our next episode. We'll have yeah. a, another hobby update where we talk about some of the things that happened in the latter half of um, of last year, coming into this year. Yep. And then I think the episode after that, we might dig down into a game or. Well, I think uh, we might. I think we might have to. Might have to. Yeah. yeah. I'll see how we go. Well, I'm sure we'll find something oh, out of the one of the a, many. Got a couple to pick from. Just a few. <laughs> 
All right. Well, it's uh, it, sorry it has been so long. We're going to endeavour to put up uh, the episodes a lot more regularly than we have been, uh, especially now we've got everything working. I'm semi-half mostly settled into the new house. Well, you're sleeping here. We're sleeping that's, here. That's the main thing, isn't Most it? Most things are sort of unpacked. Well, my games are unpacked. That's that's the main thing. What more? You've moved in. And, what more do you need? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm set. Games unpacked. Gaming table has been christened. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure my children are sorted. I'm pretty sure. I know my games are. That's the main thing. They're your children anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now that we've got all that set up, hopefully it'll be a bit easier for us to get together and, yeah. and to get these recorded. So um, until next time, my name's Giles Pritchard. I'm Quinton Sarr. And you've been listening to On Minis Games, uh, hosted by the wonderful group at inversegenius.com. Um, and if you've got any feedback or questions or... Uh, criticisms or anything along those lines, then please send it to onminisgames at gmail.com. You've been listening to On Minis Games. On Minis Games is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. Oh.